Hello, everybody. Welcome to Optional Opinion here on the Anomalous Radio Network. I'm your host, ADV. Thank you guys for joining me. Have a super special guest. I, I am so happy that I'm podcasting with this man. I it, We met like for, what, five minutes on one podcast? And yeah. barely said anything. And just within the five minutes, like, I just fell in love with him. Then he started talking about food, and I was just like, oh, my life right now. Everybody from uh, Cooking with Ariana's House that you can also find on YouTube, please welcome Mr. John Black Mage Martin. All right. With that intro, I kind of feel like there should be an applause button or something. But <laughs> there we go. That works. All right. So hi, everybody. Uh, as uh, Ed mentioned, my name is John. Uh, I have a recent nickname, uh, Black Mage. Just a funny little nickname that some online friends uh, dared me to change my Facebook name to when I took him up on the dare, and then I kind of fell in love with the name. Oh, and look, there's my daughter sneaking up on my intro in the background. Uh, that's Ariana from Ariana's House. As Ed mentioned, I do have a cooking show uh, on YouTube with my family, uh, and it's called Ariana's House, named after my youngest daughter. And uh, basically, we're just a regular family who loves to cook at home. Uh, we love to make good food whenever we can. We try a lot of different recipes, and we figured uh, we have a lot of fun in the kitchen, so why not share it with a bunch of other people? Uh, I actually do a lot of video game-inspired stuff, which is why I'm also involved in uh, some of these video game podcasts and stuff. And I'm very thankful to you, Ed, for inviting me on your show. Like you said, we, we met that uh, one time on uh, the DNA Network podcast, and it was a great conversation. We had a lot of fun with that. Uh, and then I've gotten to know you a little bit more over uh, over Facebook. So, yeah, very happy to be on the show. Thanks for having me. Thank you very much. And can you just give us a little background in your gaming history? Yeah, absolutely. So I've uh, been a gamer basically my whole life. My uh, first experience was my father uh, was a gamer as well. And uh, he had the Nintendo Entertainment System, you know. So my first experience was Mario, uh, you know, uh, Super Mario Brothers. And I kind of grew up with gaming from there. Uh, I always like to talk about my probably most hey stop doing that <laughs> uh I, I always like to talk about my most important gaming experience because i feel like there's a point where you're somebody who plays games and then you become a gamer right and i feel like uh before a certain point i was just somebody who played games you know i'd go to the arcade I, i'd play games because they're fun who doesn't like uh video games i like but, video games <laughs> i didn't become a gamer until final fantasy 7 uh, I've mentioned this what? on other podcasts. Yeah. Well, you know, w- what I mean by that is I played plenty of games. I had all the consoles growing up and all that. But when I discovered that games had could give you more of an emotional connection, uh-huh. that was the game that did that for me. Before that, it was like, you know, all right, I'm playing a sports game. I'm p- playing a racer, and it's fun. But that was the first game where I realized that you could have an emotional connection with a game. And it can really mean uh, have a deeper kind of meaning to you that was the first game uh that that happened where i learned that you could care about characters uh so deeply you know and uh yeah it it was the first game that i put that kind of time into that wasn't like you know just jump on this thing's head or whatever um so i think that's when i became a gamer and then after that you know i've been invested in every generation of gaming Uh, i i haven't always been a multi-console owner but uh, since I've been able to afford it as an adult, I have been. I typically, 
I typically own all major consoles uh, and, and play uh, as much as I can. Um, but yeah, I typically do own all major consoles now. But you know, as a working adult, it's tough to find time for games, especially when you got three kids like I do, yeah. as most parents out there know. So. Uh, these days, I don't game as much as I'd like to, and the games that I do play, I don't like to play very complicated stuff because uh, I just don't have the patience <laughs> You're to, missing to learn. Bayonetta two. Ah. Oh no, Bayonetta! I haven't played Bayonetta two, but Bayonetta one is actually one of my favorite games. I love that game oh, so much. Bayonetta two with. But throw Bayonetta one to the side, like <laughs> slap it and knock all her weave out her head. Yeah. Yes, Bayonetta two is so good. Like it's it, that much better. It, it's so much better. Like from level design to boss fights to be like, how's this running on the Wii U? Like, like sixty frames per second running. Like there's really no stuttering. There's no frame rate drops. It's just like, my goodness. And the game is so deep with its combat and weapons. Like I, think- I remember, even in one, the combat was amazing. I really yes. love that that combat system. Yes. Uh, but uh, I can't believe Final Fantasy 7 I remember playing that when it first came out um, I had to turn my that's when I had to turn my Playstation upside down so I had the old <laughs> PS1 and uh, I remember going through that whole game uh, I think it took me three weeks to beat that game three weeks? yeah I can't remember how long it took me to beat it but I know I played it for like six months Oh, I, I, I shoot! I got that game. Let's see, because nineteen ninety seven, it came ninety seven or ninety eight. I think it came out. I think ninety seven, and I think I might have gotten it in ninety eight. I didn't get it until it had already been out for a while. Actually, yeah, I think I got it when uh, it was like a few months after it came out, like about four months. Um, and I beat that. Yeah, I beat that game in three weeks, and because I was in high school. And when I got out of high school, I would spend about six hours playing that game. Yeah, and I remember, like, I'd be in class. This was the the first game that did this to me where I'd be in class just, I'm not even listening to a damn word the teacher's got to say. I'm strategizing for what I'm going to do to beat whatever weapon when I get home or, you know. And I, I wasn't really, here's why, here's probably the biggest reason why I say that's the game that made me a gamer is because before that, I played a lot of games, but I wasn't in the gaming community, yes. quote-unquote. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't get magazines. Like, I wasn't one of those kids who had Nintendo. I just went to Blockbuster every once in a while, and I got whatever game looked good. And unfortunately for me growing up, that meant I played a lot of licensed trash. Um, <laughs> like, that, that was a large portion of my gaming as a kid because I just I, – I didn't have – any info on the gaming community yeah. so i didn't know what games were the best i actually missed out on a ton of really good games uh because i wasn't like i didn't know castlevania was a thing i didn't know legend of zelda was a thing i was that kid who just showed up at the store and was like well i like the chipmunks give me the chipmunks game and i like aladdin and give me that game thankfully not all licensed games were trash back then right uh, not necessarily, anyway. So I did play some really good games. Battletoads is one, uh, for example, that I no. loved growing uh, up. I'm <laughs> uh, not a fan. <laughs> uh, Battletoads, I, I mean, I, I, I respect it and I love Battletoads. But uh, that, um, you have to train your eye for Battletoads. So when you're on yeah. the cruiser, 
trying to uh jump and hit like the reps and stuff you not only had to pay attention to uh where the uh where the gates were coming at you had to like really pay attention where that rep is at so if you had to jump the ramp make sure that you missed the gate and then uh do it because you didn't have no checkpoints in that game on that part don't get me wrong. I'm saying I enjoyed the game. I didn't beat it. <laughs> okay. Like, yeah, it was, there were most games actually before Final Fantasy VII, I'd say I didn't beat. I, I feel like that's one of the first games where I made an effort to actually beat it because I, I played more arcade style games before that. Uh-huh. And it's like, you know, you play for a little while, you have fun, and then that's it. Like, uh, something like F-Zero or, or, uh, Street Fighter, you know, you play a couple of matches. All right, I got my butt kicked, whatever, and, and then it's done. Um, but yeah, that was the first game where I really had to get into the gaming community, you know. And I started looking online and finding uh, tips and tricks, and uh, you know how to unlock secret characters and, and all this other stuff. Like, because uh, I didn't know that you could miss Yuffie and Vincent, for example. You know, and I had to go really? online and actually figure that out. Yeah, because when I started it, man, I'm telling you, I didn't play nothing but like sports games and whatever the hot arcade type type right. game was. So that's the game that got me into the gaming community and, and even let me know that gaming was a community. Because I grew up in uh, North Jersey in a city called Patterson. And just there weren't a lot of other gamers back then. Like, it's kind of weird to me to see how far gaming's come where, you know, gaming so kind of mainstream now. Yes. But I'm one of those dudes who has that background where where I grew up, I got made fun of a lot. And, and it's because nobody played video games. Even other kids that I grew up with didn't play video games. I was one of the only real gamers um, that I knew growing up. I had some friends who were like I used to be, where they would play, uh-huh. you know, at the arcade. They'd play at the little corner store or whatever arcade machine was there. But they weren't gamers. They didn't care about the community or uh, crazy news, upcoming events. Like, they had no idea when a game was coming out. It's just one day maybe they'd see it and maybe play it. Um, so, yeah, it, it was a completely eye-opening thing for me to find a gaming community. And now look at me. I'm a grown adult, but I'd say some of my greatest uh, friendships right now are with other gamers that I've met online mm-hmm. and, and people that I've got to know over the Internet who have – things in common with me i guarantee i don't have anything in common with my neighbors as, as, uh, at least not as much as i do with some of the people i've met online like you <laughs> right and see i grew up uh you know my gaming moment of course is super mario brothers but i played the mario brothers on the atari 2600 i had pac-man miss pac-man I, you know i was in the arcades almost every saturday with my mom shopping and like egm was like the bible to me like, I was doing Game Pro, but Electronic Gaming Monthly was, like, my Bible. And because I played so much of Capcom and Konami games, I knew that anything that I want third-party had to really come from them. Not, and Data, Data, uh, Data East was good uh, with Bad Dudes, but, like, Tecmo was just... I remember Bad Dudes. <laughs> yeah. Like, Tecmo, Konami, Data East, Capcom, like, those were the big four major uh, third-party games that I grew up on. And of course, the Nintendo. Um, and it's funny that you mentioned not being having multi consoles. My brother was the Sega kid, and I was the Nintendo kid. My first thing going out of the uh, going multi platform, uh, platform, not platinum, multi platform, was uh, Turbo Graphics sixteen. Mm. 
And That's I, old school. Yeah, and I was the only kid in my whole city who had that system. Nobody <laughs> else had it. Yeah. I was actually, uh, it's one of my greatest regrets um, of gaming as a child is that I was a Sega kid. And now, don't get me wrong. Oh. I uh, I love Sega. I, I I was in love with Sonic. Like I was a bigger fan of Sonic yeah. um, than I was in Mario. And uh, obviously, that uh, choosing of sides didn't work out in my favor in the long run. Since Nintendo's still trucking on and Sega, woo. Um, but anyway, uh, I didn't discover how much I missed out on until I be. Uh, I mean, not even until maybe a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. When I really started uh, and, you know, uh, started diving into the gaming community with a lot of different gaming groups on Facebook and stuff, that's when I really discovered, like, wait, I I missed out on a ton of stuff. Oh, yeah. A ton of just things that are considered industry-defining games. And I still make light of it and I joke about it by telling people that I don't like those games. But in all honesty, I kind of feel bad that I missed out on some of that stuff. Uh, Like The Legend of Zelda, for example. I've... I'm not when people get nostalgic or hyped about Zelda, yes. I really I don't care because I didn't experience it. I don't have that attachment from when I was a when I was a kid. Same thing for games like Castlevania, for example. Yes. I can recognize what they did for the industry, but mm-hmm. I just don't have that emotional connection that a lot of other gamers who were in the loop back then actually have. Well, I think Zelda and then we'll get to the topic of the show because we still. <laughs> I think like, I talk a lot. I can uh, ramble. Zelda and Metroid and games like that they they inspired a lot of genres and a lot of ideas that people have borrowed and put into their genres. So yeah. even if you didn't grow up playing the Legend of Zelda, and even if you don't care about the Legend of Zelda, you have played some game in that form because that creator and that developer has played that uh, kind of style of game on, on a Nintendo platform now. And we're influenced, yeah. No, that, that's a great point. Yeah, Because, like, if there's three games that I hold up top, that's the Legend of Zelda game, uh, Legend of Zelda style. Of course, it's the Legend of Zelda, Secret of Mana, and Alundra for PlayStation 1. Those none, three, of, none of which I played. Actually, I think I played Secret of Mana, but I just didn't finish it. Yeah, um... Yeah, Secret of Mana, oh, it's such a beautiful soundtrack. Um, those three games are, like, literally, like, Zelda clones, and they just do everything so right. Well, besides uh, Alondra. Alondra is a little bit hard, but ever since I played it, I'm just like, this is one of the greatest styles of, of a Zelda game that's ever been released. Now, of course, Akami is more of the Wind Waker style, um, but having just that top-down view, those three I hold very dear. I've always wanted to jump in, and I, I don't know. I did try, because uh, I do have a Wii U, and I tried uh, with Wind Waker. Yes. I believe is the one I have for the Wii U, and I tried, and I don't know. It's just, uh, it's like, I could see some people say that it's like a relaxing game to play a little bit, you know, and it's an action-adventure, but... I tried, and I don't know, it just didn't grab me immediately. And like I said, I think maybe that's just because I didn't experience it first. But uh, what I mean to say is that, yeah, I recognize what it what it did for the mm-hmm. industry. You know, it, you, you can't claim to 
to to know anything about the gaming industry and not recognize the kind of impact that that games like that have had. And, just again, I just feel bad that I missed the boat. <laughs> and, and I can understand uh, when we're not connecting, you know, connecting with a lot of people because. Uh, I don't know if you remember that E3 when they first showed off Wind Waker. People hated the graphic style. They didn't like the mm. cell shading. But the yeah. game came out and they just saw how kind of how flawless it was. And I think that's what grabbed a lot of people was just like the Wind Waker had, to, had a lot to prove going with an art style like this. And it proved so much that people who, who didn't even grow up playing the original Legend of Zelda and this was like their first one enjoyed the game now and i can understand that uh you know you don't have no connection to it that's but i also didn't play it when it came out is that so that that could be a big part of it like i don't know maybe if i gave breath of wild a try and actually got into it when it was the newest thing Uh but that's the thing is whenever i've played it i've always gone back to something like when i did with wind waker and i've even tried some of the older games in the series i've always gone back to it after it was no longer the the newest cutting edge thing right so and, it, like you were saying other games kind of copy uh, or kind of imitate it yeah so i maybe jump in when those games imitate it but then by then it's like all right well they're doing it a little bit better cuz that's how it works right yeah. there's somebody if somebody starts the the style or the trend and then other developers kind of improve upon it. Yeah. So maybe maybe I should give uh, Breath of Wild when it comes out a try right at the start, and maybe that would be a, a better intro to the did, series. From. Did you finish Wind Waker HD? No, no, no. I, I couldn't I, finish that game. I think you should dedicate your time to finish it because I think there is – how far did you get to? Um, I, can't, I can't even remember. It's been a while since oh. – since it came out on the Wii U, uh, it was the last time I played it. So I, I think uh, uh, I don't know if you remember. I did Forty Days of Destiny, uh, and I did my blogs and stuff like that. I literally wrote down where well, there were some days that I skipped, and just like, guess what? Day five, didn't play this game with the sleep. Day six, <laughs> and I I, I kind of wanted to keep a journal, you know, to remind myself like to experience this game. And I don't know if you want to do that with Wind Waker HD, um, but I, but I would love for you to just experience like the whole game. And if it and if it does nothing for you, that's fine. Unless, unless you you know you got to experience. You it. know what you made me think, and uh, I've honestly, uh, as I mentioned before, I don't play as much as I as I want to play. Um, but I have been trying to think of something that I want to play uh, right now, and I'm going to be getting Horizon when it comes out in a couple of weeks. But uh, maybe I'll pick it back up. I already have it, so and I've been wanting to try something new that I could play. The beauty of playing that, which is why I might take you up on that uh, challenge to jump back in, is that I have it on the Wii U so I can play it on the gamepad, which I always love because yes. then... I could sit there in the living room with my wife because, you know, that's the biggest thing. Like, I don't want to be sitting there playing games for hours on end on the big screen and then my family's sitting there bored. So uh, the fact that I could play that on the on the gamepad, maybe I will jump back in and give it another shot. Yeah, so you'll do Wind Waker and I'll do Final Fantasy XV. <laughs> you, uh, yes. Okay. Have you not? Because ah. uh, th- this is how guilty I am. I did the I did the uh the first part where they teach you how to play the game like the uh the I don't not trial but uh the tutorial yeah and then I cut the game off never played it again that was honestly I if it wasn't Final Fantasy I would have probably cut it off there too um the tutorial is terrible 
and the fact that they don't just blend it into the game is, is annoying, in all honesty. Because, like, I just wanted to jump in. And I was uh, kind of pissed off about how they did that, too. But especially because I did skip the tutorial, and I was just like, screw it. And I started the game because I wanted to play the, the main game so bad. Uh, and it actually took me a, quite a while to get comfortable with the game because you're really supposed to do the tutorial, but I didn't care. Um, w- what my point is is that don't let that be an indication of the game. The game takes a while yes. for you to really get why it, what's good about it. But once you get there, it's really good. I, I'm a big fan, and I've been very disappointed in Square lately. Uh, and that's not to say this game doesn't have its flaws. It definitely does, and I could list them for sure. But uh, overall, chapter what's that? Thirteen. Everybody's complaining about chapter thirteen was just uh, a punch in the chest. Like it's like you're running, you're like, oh, this is great, this is awesome, and then just boom, you get punched in the chest. Like here's some dumb stuff that you're gonna waste your time with for so it's the, way too long. So it's the Kingdom Hearts two uh, under the sea level. <laughs> Basically, I guess. Yeah, oh yeah. goodness, I hated that part <laughs> of the game. I'm sorry, everybody. Oh, and I gotta say because you love Final Fantasy seven, you I, I got your name on the list when we when I have in my Final Fantasy retrospective. Uh, talking oh, about that game, um, I I I think I need to re. I think I need to buy it on PS4 because my friend has my PS3 and I have it on there. But if they have it on PS4, I'll just buy it on there and go to the game and be by myself because I I think that game not only changed like ro- how people view bro playing games. I think it really changed narrative. Mm-hmm. Um, and narrative, I, I think, was its big its big. Uh, kind of contribution yeah, yeah. No. especially with the cinematics i mean uh, we can't deny like people look look at it now and i've seen people who play it now and they're like i, I don't get it what's the big deal it's kind of crappy but kind of like comparing it to uh, uh zelda what we were talking about before it's hard to appreciate it if you weren't there when it was really making its main impact and now i'll be the first to admit a game like any of the Zeldas, the old Zeldas, hold up much better than than Final Fantasy VII. Unfortunately, it hasn't aged very well. Uh, but it was cutting edge at the time. And, yes. yeah, the narrative was driven by a lot of the visuals, the storytelling, while, you know, it had its quirks because it's Japanese and, you know, the translations and stuff. But it, at the same time, it had this cinematic quality that you really didn't see in games prior to it that the the cinematic quality was uh, it, it turned it from a game into an experience and yeah i, I loved it for it <laughs> and then uh final fantasy 9 i've got to finish vv is just if you don't if if you don't what happens to Aerith was emotional vv in the, i think the, in the first <laughs> half of final fantasy 9 just maybe want to give him a hug. Like, it literally almost made me cry. Because, yeah, he was a really cute character. Because <laughs> uh, it was just something about him that I related to at that time. And I was just like, oh, my goodness. I understand everything about you. So, in plus. No, just, I agree. And the characters have always been central to that series. So, I feel like that's where uh, 13, which is... Uh, I'm on record on multiple podcasts complaining about, I think that was their biggest stumbling block 
uh, people talk about how linear it was and a lot of the technical issues with it. The biggest issue with it was the characters kind of sucked. Uh, if the characters aren't strong in a Final Fantasy game where you're spending 60 hours, you know, on average to play this game, if you're going to be stuck with characters, you want them to be characters that you enjoy. Yes. Uh, and Final Fantasy 13 as a series as a whole just didn't have a lot of very good characters that you enjoyed or, or cared about. Uh, I, I feel like Final Fantasy. Oh, you mean what? the two characters that you fought through half of the whole game out of a, like okay, I'm supposed to have like not a nine party per uh, thing, and I'm only fighting with two characters. Right. Yeah, oh yeah, and uh, that was in X2, right? No, that's Final Fantasy 13. The first one you had a you had a bigger party. You, you had, had Saz, you had Lightning, right? You had... But every time, but when they when every time they switch all the off the party, you were half of the mm. game you were fighting with only two people. Yeah, yeah, as far as, yeah, through the story and stuff, it was very limited where you actually had everybody together. No, I see what you're saying, yeah. And, and that, yeah, that was annoying as hell. And um, it got even worse as the series went on. I thought you were talking about X2, where you literally lose a party member. They get rid of uh, your third party member. You only got the two. Oh, really? <laughs> and then a monster. It's It, it was a kind of a cool mechanic, yeah. but yeah, like... One of the core principles to Final Fantasy to me, and it's actually one of the complaints that I have with Final Fantasy XV, one of the main complaints that I have with Final Fantasy XV is that you're only in, in control of one character. Spoiler alert for everybody who doesn't know that. Um, but, you know, I, I, I'm willing to overlook it because of how much other stuff in the game I like. But, yeah, it's annoying. That's a Final Fantasy game. I want to build a big, epic party yes. with a bunch of characters who I love and connect with you know and I want to be able to use them and swap them out and do different strategies and different gameplay kind of approaches you know so yeah I'm completely with you on that yeah. <laughs> and everybody okay so let's get into the actual shit I think we just been like told you I could ramble uh, so I have John on this episode since he's a chef um, this episode is called Food Eating up in video games with John Martin. Um, <laughs> so, uh, what the show is about is talking about food and video games. And it came to my attention about this since uh, John is a great chef. He got great recipes that you guys should readily check out on YouTube and subscribe. Please subscribe. These recipes are amazing. Will blow your family away. My mouth is just still watering off of. He's just, I know you did some red velvet cupcakes, and I was just like, good Lord, my heart. <laughs> that was the most recent one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so we try. Check, yeah, so do check that out. But the first thing that came up to me was, how the heck are turkeys and roasts in, in trash cans, drum barrels, and crates? <laughs> so anytime you play a beat-em-up, so final fight, you'll hit a uh, trash can, and like a full-cooked roast is in the game. Why? <laughs> Uh yeah the the first game that I, you talk about Final Fight the first game that comes up comes up for me is Tekken it was one of the Tekken games and uh, I I can't remember it was one of the side modes but I can't remember which Tekken it was in and it was like this beat 'em up style game yeah, where I know yeah and uh, they had the same thing a big ass roast chicken that would come up every once in a while and. The reason why I remember that one so much is because they had this guy who said it all weird. Chicken. Every time uh, <laughs> you, <laughs> you ate, quote unquote, this roast chicken. But yeah, I've, I've never really understood why that's the thing. 
uh, and, and I've also never understood how you're going to sit there and just eat like a whole chicken in the middle of, you know, your journey and your adventure. But I don't know how it got to be the norm. It, 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 what was the first game to ever do it? Do we even know? I, I th- to me, it has to be Final Fight because Streets of Rage did apples and Streets of Rage 2 did apples and turkey uh, or something like that or roast and stuff. Um so one of them did him, but I, I remember Final Fight doing it because Double Dragon, you had to pay for your energy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, and I think uh, maybe Bad Dudes might have had it, but but I don't think Bad Dudes had food in the game to get energy back. Um, the I tell you what, my favorite one was Ninja Turtles because uh, you got because you got the, on the list. That's on that the list. one made sense. You know, that one was probably the best one to me was Ninja Turtles because you would get a pizza and you would maybe get a slice and that would give you a little bit of health. And maybe you get a whole pie and that would give you all kinds of health. But the the unrealistic part about it is nobody wants to go fight after they've eaten a whole pizza. But, you know, apparently the Ninja Turtles do. <laughs> well, um, for uh, a lot of people who don't know that, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the arcade game, the actual arcade game had Pizza Hut. To get pizzas. What? Yeah. The boxes box would say Pizza Hut uh, because when it came to the NES, um, it was called uh, TMNT to the arcade game. Uh, and in the box was a Pizza Hut coupon. I had no idea. Yeah. The, uh, uh, Pizza Hut, because Ninja, Ninja Turtles was big. And Pizza Hut was ruling back in the day. Was big back in the day. So they, they were t- in the second movie, weren't they? Didn't they have a little? Fee- wasn't the uh, the delivery guy Ernie Reyes Jr. Wasn't he a Pizza Hut delivery man? No, he was. No, just, no, no, that was Domino's. No, he was Domino's. No, he wasn't. No way, you're kidding me. No, All right. he he was at uh no April O'Neil ordered some Domino's pizza. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah. Oh, you know, no, it might have been because um, he came with the pizza and was looking around the house and ended up finding the turtles. But I thought he was just selling like New York pizza. Yeah, no, you're right. I did just look it up. He's just like a regular old New York pizza delivery man, which makes sense because in all honesty, if you're from the Northeast, like you don't order. Uh, I'm from Jersey. Like I said, you don't order Pizza Hut or Domino's. You get a real New York pizza, Italian pizza. Sorry, that's a that's a, oh, a oh, side oh. rant for me, but I'm very particular about my pizza. And oh, no, well, say no to Pizza see, Hut and Domino's. Well, see, everybody got to realize that. Since you're from New Jersey, uh, and I'm from Chicago, you know I got my deep. We got our deep stop. Uh, deep. Uh, uh, I'm gonna say deep down, but it's not deep. Deep down. dish. Deep <laughs> dish. That's what it's. Our deep dish pizza, and we did. Uh, for for my family, we did do Pizza Hut on a good occasion, uh, cause it was close to us. But we also had a place called Roman Coins, um, and we did like their kind of local pizza. Uh, we have a place called Quanzettes and Mike's, and they're kind of like the thin crust piece of places to go to. Yeah, so, that, uh, that's where I'm at. I like those places, so, New York style. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I know Chicago's deep dish. They love the deep dish. But and I'm not gonna lie, like I'll we get Pizza Hut every once in a while when we're lazy and we just want something cheap and quick. Uh, you know, because especially New York pizza anywhere outside of the Northeast is expensive. Um, really? Here. It, 
Yeah, dude. Uh, we just found a great New York style pizza place. I'm here in Austin right now. Uh, we just found one recently, uh, and they're absolutely delicious. We love them, but it's expensive as hell. It's like thirty dollars for for two pizzas. So, that's my girls. what? Yeah, I know it, it's 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 expensive. It's worth it. Trust me, it's delicious, but it's expensive. So whenever you know we need to keep it cheap, yeah, we'll get some Pizza Hut or some Domino's, but. When people talk about that being their favorite pizza, mm-hmm. I give them a funny side look because no, no, no. But you guys don't get do the slices. You guys don't get because we get squares. I don't know why they cut them up in squares for us. <laughs> um, Sicilian style, they call that. Yeah. Yeah. And see, to me, I feel like uh, this is communion. Like, because <laughs> because sometimes, I mean, if if it's not if it's a place that the the dough don't taste right or something. Sometimes it tastes like crackers and tomato paste put on it. And I just be like, goodness, just give me a grape juice, a grape pop or something and Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost and move on. I'm just like, wait, this is communion. I need pizza. I need that grease. I need that good old sauce. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The, oh, God, the grease, man. That That's what Pizza Hut and Domino's and those types of places are missing. Yes. Like. I want, like, when I find a pizza place, I don't want it to look too nice or too fancy because then I know that the pizza is not going to be very good. It needs to look a little bit run down. A little bit run down means that this is a dude who knows how to make pizza or, you know, a you, you can see lady. That, you can see that oil rub it on your hands and start blessing people. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's the kind of good oil that you need. <laughs> I like, yes, exactly. Oh, well, uh, moving on, uh, was using food help the fighters continue to punch people in the face? <laughs> like, well, you can kind of see where the concept came from, um, you know, because food gives you energy, right? That's how we get energy. Yeah. But and, and they just kind of had to find a, a simple way to kind of express that in game. I don't know, like. I guess one of the questions that kind of come from this that I would have uh, just kind of following the logic is what game has done energy right? Like, can you even do it right? Well, Because, <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, even a med kit, you, you know, they wrap yes. it up real quick. That's not how med kits work. Like, I, what game has made it realistic? I don't think it's really something you can even pull off. What's what's the Hussey Softman adventure? Uh, um, he rides the skateboard um, and he runs. And he has to cap adventure something. Cause you Sam, because you it's NES. Uh, you I, to, I know which one you're talking about, yeah, but I can't. But you, ah, you had no, to connect I, the uh, the fruit and vegetables and stuff to keep your energy up because it was your energy was the timer. I I cannot remember the name, but I know which one you're talking about. Yeah. Um, yeah, oh goodness, I can't remember it neither. Um, well, <laughs> well, let's still talk about some games that deal with food. So the first one, uh, where we did mention uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, uh, I know when it came to like uh, Turtles in Time, the thing just says pizza, so they don't do the Pizza Hut thing anymore. Um, <laughs> one of my favorite Ninja Turtles game, by the way, probably. Uh, that 361, we were just talking about it yesterday. It was just like, that was a mess. Yeah, yeah. The port to 360, I, I remember being pretty pissed, uh, pissed off about, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. What did they screw up in that? They they, they they just we uh they just took the arcade version and uh put a different graphics to it, and that was it. They didn't. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, so it was kind of like $15 or $10 for a game that's only for 30 minutes. Yeah, yeah, and I bought it too. <laughs> like a dummy. Oh, God, I'm waiting so badly for a, a new Ninja Turtles game. My God. And I know that one recently came out, but it didn't have couch co-op, so it doesn't count. If you make a Ninja Turtles game, I'm talking to you, all the developers out there who I know are watching this, because you watch on a regular basis. If you make a Ninja Turtles game and it doesn't have couch co-op, you are doing it wrong. And I am going to come to your house and I'm going to beat your ass. Don't do that. <laughs> and then go in the refrigerator and get an apple to get some energy back. <laughs> yes. I'm going to get some. <laughs> I'm going to eat a whole chicken right in front of you right before I whip your ass. If you make another Ninja Turtles game that doesn't have couch co-op, you fool. I, Konami needs that license back. And it mm. needs to be on Switch. That 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 uh, Super Nintendo game needs to be on Switch. And, that, would, that would be good for Nintendo, and, yeah. Well, because... Yeah, okay, so we're putting the food thing on the side real quick. Uh, because I think if uh, Bomberman R does well for the Switch, I think it's going to do well for Konami to show to be like, you guys need to come back to Nintendo and you need to bring these classes. If you get that old Ninja, Ninja Turtles license back, everybody wants the first one. Everybody, Everybody's going to want the three NES the uh, Tournament Fighters and Turtles in Time one. If you oh, God, I forgot about Tournament Fighters. Yes. Oh, and I you, love that game. And even and even if it's because Sega is part of it and Konami has it, release the Sega Genesis version. Like, if if they do those six games, if they do those six games, three, four, five, yeah, those six games, and also, oh, no, seven, because they did Hyperstone Heist for uh, Sega Genesis. And they do, and they start putting out Sega CDs on Switch, so that could, so Snatcher could come out. They do those eight games. Konami will make buku bucks. But see that that's not the way it works. They don't do smart things. <laughs> well, it's unfortunately. Well, that's true. But it, it shocked me that they were supporting Switch with a new Bomberman, and everybody's just like, "That's the game that I'm definitely going to get." So. This is kind of showing that the, the uh the new Konami that hey if y'all have to resort back to y'all old days to make money here in America and get the respect that you guys actually lost even with the Kojima stuff and everything then do it literally do it because I'm like people will people will forgive you of what you've done and we'll if be you like, make fun games that they like yeah right. <laughs> I'm like because. And I think I was talking to Corey or, uh, about this. I was just like, Konami, after the PlayStation came out, and they had a few couple of hits, I think it became the Castlevania slash uh, Metal Gear yeah. company. <laughs> and, yeah. and regardless of how you see it, I really think that it wasn't doing them any business. It was giving them um, prestige. I'd say, mm -hmm. and I feel like they got too maybe too focused on the prestige because uh, Metal Gear, especially, is a prestige kind of uh, series because you know it's so critically loved uh, in the the gaming community. But yeah, they gave up on the wide appeal kind of games, and yeah. what uh, you know, you'll get a lot of uh, quote unquote hardcore gamers who don't care about wide appeal type games. But you know what? Wide appeal type games are fun, and it makes companies money. And yes. 
You know what I mean? You want something that everybody in your portfolio that everybody can sit down on the couch and have a good time with. And and something like Metal Gear especially is just like, while they're great games, and I loved Metal Gear Solid as a kid. I loved Metal Gear uh, Solid 2. Uh, I've played all of the series with exception to Phantom, or I'm sorry, uh, Metal Gear Solid 5 and the Phantom Pain. Um, just because I don't have time for that that kind of game anymore. Um, you can have that, but you also have to have some of those other fun, wide appeal experiences, you know. And if you get rid of that, then yeah, you're probably going to struggle. Yes. Well, getting back to the food thing, uh, Pac-Man, uh, eating the fruits <laughs> were your points. So a lot of people will will say uh, when it comes to food and games, Pac-Man should kind of be like the first one everybody talk about because. Getting that orange or getting that apple while still trying to get the pellets in, avoid the ghosts and stuff. Like, that was what that game was about, was getting a high score. And those, uh, the more fruit you collected, the higher the level that you were at. Totally agreed. Totally agreed. I actually kind of forgot. I, if, I, I'm, I'm kind of blown away that you even brought it up because if somebody mentioned food and games, I probably wouldn't even have thought about it. But, yeah, thinking back, like, uh, that's that's probably the earliest example I can think of. I don't know if you have a list or what. Is there another uh, earlier example? Well, Burger Time. Oh God, I never actually played that game. I know of that game mm-hmm. just from reading up about it, but yeah, I never actually played that. Um, I know White Castle had a game also. Um, yeah, they had. A, oh, we're going to talk about the Burger King games. I already got that on the list because. I, 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 that's why I posted it on your page and stuff. I was just like, "Oh my goodness, I forgot all about this this hot garbage those, this Hot garbage member, the Burger King. Oh my god, when he <laughs> we'll, was a thing. We'll get, to, <laughs> we'll get to him. In fact, okay, <laughs> let's get to him now because I can't. What in the world was Burger King thinking? Now I understand 360 was big, and uh, to help everybody understand, Burger King uh, had uh, some video games that. You know, for three ninety nine that you could get. So the first game was Sneak King, and you was kind of, uh, you know, doing stealth moves to surprise <laughs> hungry people with a whopper. Um, the next game was uh, Pocket Bike Racer, which was kind of a racing game, almost in the style of Mario Kart. And yeah, then the like last a- one was Big Bumpin', which was just like a bumper's car uh, kind of thing off off of different tracks, and. If you see the trailers, they're all creepy. Like they're like <laughs> the Burger a, King was creepy, so yes. yes. And because they uh, since three sixty was big at that time, they only came out the three sixty, and you only could buy it at Burger King, and you could buy them individually. Uh, but you know, it was used as a marketing to to get you know with your food. Be like, hey, for you gamers, why not play some of our games while eating this uh this good old food. And I was just like, what in the world? And when I came up with this topic to talk to you with, um, I was watching some videos and someone met, somebody mentioned Burger King. And I'm like, oh, that's right. They made three gays. And so, yeah. That was kind of the end of that kind of marketing. And I guess that's kind of what they maybe were thinking is mm-hmm. before, if you remember before that and before the three, I'd say that, um, and I know that some people would disagree disagree with this a lot of people would probably disagree with this but the 360 is when gaming got a little bit more serious in the culture in my opinion that's that was the turning point when gaming became more mainstream and got more serious 
And I feel like Burger King didn't realize that that was going to be the turning point because obviously, you know, they wouldn't. But there was a lot before the 360, a lot of just plain old advertising market type crap that came out for every system before the 360. And I feel like that was probably kind of the death nail. Like, remember Spot, that that 7-Up game? Yes, I got it on my list. You know what I mean? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you know, and I, and I played that game, and I actually kind of liked it. But, you know, there were all kinds of those kind of blatant, stupid marketing ploy kind of games that came out for the 360. And I feel like Burger King was just like, okay, this is going to continue, and we're going to keep doing that. And, you know, I feel like that was the death nail, because the 360 was like, all right, no, gaming's grown up now. And people, while it's fun to look back on something like uh, the Burger King games now, um, at the time, it wasn't received very, very well. You know, it's like, what is this crap? We're playing serious, uh, you know, games with serious stories and, and, you know, uh, Call of Duties, uh, Call of Duty type games, you know, were, were becoming a thing. What was the first one on the 360 was uh, Call of Duty 2, you know, was one of the first games that I got. And, and yeah, I feel like that was just a relic from a time past that we no longer have anymore. And a shout out to Kyle Deuce from Deuce and Johnny Happy Albert. Do check them out also on SoundCloud. Um, they, they just did a fast food episode, so do check out that podcast. And I brought up the uh, I brought up the pocket bike racer, and when he and his friends in college played the crap out of that game, it was a cheap Mario Kart because it was a bunch of titles. And I can understand. Well, you're in college, you know, funds are very limited. So, yeah. so if you do need a racer, and this game is only four bucks, if you can master it and get like a thousand point achieve achievements, boy. Awesome. That that's completely awesome. Um, you know, but here's what's changed too is now you've got all these free games that are coming out. Yes. That that started so like even as a budget gamer, we're like, yeah, maybe a promotional game that you got for free was like, all right, well, I don't got anything else, but now you could get for one, you can get games cheap digital. Like it doesn't have to it may be old. Uh but you can get it cheap on digital or you could just play the free games that the companies give you. And a lot of times they're quality. Like I know that everybody complains about what you get uh, on some months for for like Xbox and PlayStation when they release their free games. But at least it's not sneaking. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're still giving games that aren't. Uh, marketed uh, uh, cheap crap, at least. So, and plus, you don't have Ninja Bread Man. Oh, <laughs> Measure Bread Man, Ninja Bread, Ninja Bread. I don't think I've that seen was that. On Wii. Oh God, the Wii had so much crap. <laughs> oh my God, the Wii had some games that I love, but damn, that had that has to be uh, aside from uh, Atari. The console with the most just absolute crap on it. That, well, yeah. But, you know, it was for the casual gamer. The casual gamer don't know about quality, so. Yeah, ab- absolutely. That's why it blew up and got so crazy. But, yeah, it had a lot of uh, bloatware. But, like I said, it had a lot of fun stuff, too. Like, God, I loved uh, Rayman 
Raving Rabbits. And oh my god, you didn't like? I, oh god, I, 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 I trust me. Um, the Blob. Uh, shoot, Raven or Raven or Riches. Oh my goodness. Such yeah, a good game. that's a great series. That's one of okay. I love that series. And I'm so, telling everybody now, please get No More Heroes Two. If you can find you a copy, get that game. Yeah. Yeah, No More Heroes Two is is amazing. And House of the Dead Overkill is if you think. I actually played that. Yeah. If you if you've never heard someone have a cussing rant, nope. This game got so much foul language. You would be like, okay, I need to meet you because this is just too much. But it's such a good game. I love it though. Yeah, so, yeah, it's a good one. I like that. Um, uh, just want to mention that Secret of Mana. Uh, it had food as energy, so chocolate bars would actually um will like help your energy and your uh i believe it will help your no uh your magic uh you had jam um in there that would do your magic you had candy you had uh like walnuts and stuff like the food in there did uh, replenish your energy and magic and depending on who you went to like if you went to the cat you had to pay more but if you go into the store, you pay less. And uh, it's Nico. Nico was the cat. And he would just appear everywhere around the world and would charge your tail almost double the price than what they're charging in the store. So you was paying like $500 or 400 GP to get a chocolate bar. And then you go into some, um, right, you go into some random uh, town and go to the shop and the uh, candy bar is like 150 yeah, food prices in games are completely out of whack. That that's something that's for sure. Food prices in games don't make any sense. Like, you know how much I paid for ramen in Final Fantasy 15? That's ridiculous. I don't. <laughs> I can't. Eat, I, I, you you pay. Uh, oh God, I can't even remember. I'd have to look it up. But you pay too much. Those things cost ten cents a piece. Okay, in real life. Right. <laughs> Well, it's funny that you mentioned Final Fantasy uh, fifteen because Yakuza, um, uh, they you know they charge for uh, drinking uh, for the alcohol that you buy um, to get, and that helps your power in your special bar. Um, but you could also buy food in there. So different shops would do ramen, hamburgers, and you get experience points for that. Um, and it's one of the main staples of the Yakuza games. Like I actually. Uh, uh, went to a, a shop and I had so much money that I started buying all the liquor and stuff. So my tail was <laughs> drunk, and, and, and it affects you. It affects the way, uh, even though I was powerful because I was drunk. It affected the way that I played the game. Grand Theft Auto did that too, where if you, you could drink too much, and uh, oh, and uh, Mass Effect did that too. You oh, could yeah. have too many shots at the bar, and you get all woozy and stuff and pass out. There was actually a whole storyline dedicated to that, which was weird. Um, I, I don't know if you you haven't played it, so it's probably not on your list to even discuss, but I mentioned it earlier. How do we not talk about, in my opinion, the pinnacle of gaming food? What Do you have any idea what I'm talking about? Cookie Mama. No! Final Fantasy XV! Really? Final Fantasy XV is the pinnacle of food in a game. They... Nailed that. It's one of the best parts of the entire game is you have a chef in your party for one. One of the one of the main characters is a chef uh, and his whole 
like skill base uh, as far as what he adds to the party is that he cooks for your group and he cooks different meals. He learns recipes from you going to different restaurants. He learns recipes from you picking up different ingredients. Mm-hmm. Um, another big part of the game is you get a, a large portion of the kind of side quests in the game, which are monster hunts. You get all that info and a lot of other info in the game from chefs. Uh, you have to go talk to the local cook in whatever town you're in. Really? And yeah, they'll give you new recipes, ingredients, meals that boost your stats and, uh, Oh, oh my God! Go check out uh, for for our viewers. Go check out my channel, Ariana's House. There are actual recipes from the game. We did one on my YouTube channel, the Chocobo uh, one. We oh, that's the second one. We did Chocobo wings, and we did a beef stew that was directly from the game. It's a Final Fantasy inspired beef stew and it's absolutely I mean it was amazing okay. and that came from the game. I have to watch that one and then I have to go get get the ingredients and we watch it <laughs> and cook because oh wow I did not know that. Oh god, cooking's a huge part of it. Well, well because check out that beef stew. It's so good. <laughs> well because um Tales of Symphonia and other Tales games um you collect food. Uh, also in the game, but you could, um, you know, you, you kind of use alchemy to cook it sometimes, or and make different dishes and keep take you to mix different plates and stuff. And the more stuff that you mix, the more like different meals that you find that do different attributes. But I didn't know that in Final Fantasy 15 they did that. I know the cup of noodle, you know, was a big joke thing and stuff. Yeah. But I didn't know that you could go to different restaurants and because I love stuff like that. And, and uh, why did you tell me that? Because now my grinding mentality would be like, okay, I need all the recipes, I need all the food, <laughs> and that's gonna make the game longer. Because I'm a person that'd be like, I need to almost try to do everything that I can in the game. Good luck with the recipes. They did such a great job with that. There are a thousand different ingredients that you could get in the game. Mm-hmm. You can get uh, really common ingredients that you get from most monsters and stuff like that. But then, uh, like, behemoth. You can get behemoth steaks from the behemoth, and then you need that plus a few other rare ingredients, and then, boom, you can make this recipe that gives you 50-plus experience. Uh, and it only lasts for the day after you ate it at camp or, or something like that, you know? Uh, a lot of the game is based around cooking and around recipes. It's just it's amazing. That's why I did multiple episodes on our show about it. They... When it comes to food and games, I, I would challenge somebody to, uh, aside from something like maybe Cooking Mama yeah. uh, that you mentioned, to uh, I would challenge somebody to give me a game that incorporated food but wasn't about food better than Final Fantasy Fifteen. It incorporates food so well. And, dude, yeah, you weren't kidding. You have to try that beef stew. That beef stew, my wife melted over that beef stew it was so good uh there's a you know tasty right yes there's a similar uh uh company or whatever the hell you call them uh called taste made they do similar videos and stuff they're the ones who actually uh uh did the beef stew recipe from final fantasy and you should see it uh go check out their facebook page they actually had uh 
Ignis from Final Fantasy in the video, and then they had an actor who had his same gloves on who was actually making everything super cool. Uh, that game inspired a lot of uh, a lot of great cooking. So, and it's so and it's so funny because my job is right across a grocery store. So I could be like, okay, I'm off for work. Let me go get these ingredients. And and uh, if I don't cook it, I'll show my mom how to cook it. I'm like, you make this. I'm like, <laughs> I already pay for everything. You just make it. Uh, oh, that's so cool. Okay. Dang it. Now I, when I go on vacation, I got to start that game. Crap. Yes. Just for the food, man. Exactly. Just for the food. They've got just beautiful dishes in the game and everything. I, I'm a huge fan of that part of the game. Maybe that's why I love it so much. Maybe I'm biased because I'm such a big fan of uh, uh, of food. That's <laughs> Maybe that's why I like the game. Oh, shoot. It's Final Fantasy 15. I, I'm waiting. Oh, I, sorry. Another side note. Attention. Final Fantasy 12 HD is going to probably be my throwback game of the year. I love that game on PlayStation 2, and I'm so and I've been wanting it for it to come out on PS3, but it never did. So day one purchase when it comes out for PS4. That's one of the online ones, right? No, the Final Fantasy 12 wasn't online. Nope, it had that MMO style for its gameplay, but it wasn't online. Final Fantasy 14: A Realm Reborn is the MMO one. That, that was the MMO. Okay. Yeah. All right. Because for some reason, I don't know why, and, and I claim to be a huge uh, Final Fantasy fan, but I, I for some reason I missed 14, I missed 12, and I missed 11. I went from 10 to 13, and I don't know why. Maybe it was just the time in my life or whatever. I was uh, in the military at that time. Uh, but, yeah, for some reason I missed those three games, and I know that two of them were because I don't care for online games or at least i didn't back then yeah that was 11 14 yeah that was 11 4 i don't know why i missed 12 this is the second time that i've realized that i missed that and i don't know why so if they do come out with a remake i'd love to play it yeah it's um june like like this june like like june 17th or something like that they did announce the date so uh yeah because it should be after e3 that it's coming out well except for that it's square and it'll probably be delayed because that's how square works Oh well, <laughs> um, that's what they do. <laughs> and I know I mentioned Burger Time earlier, but you know the salt shaking, the salt will uh, uh, like stun the enemies. And with that, you had to kind of make uh, the ingredients fall uh, floor by floor until you make a full burger. And you could kill the enemies um, if you crush them in between like the uh, food and stuff. So. Um, <laughs> Yeah, Burger Time was a big one. Uh, Tapper uh, was also a big one, too. And um, that one at the arcade in a lot of bars and stuff, you had Bud Rices. So you was throwing beer around. But um, when it came to NES or any console, they had to change to the root beer because they couldn't sell games with alcohol in it. Oh, yeah, back when everything was a little bit more strict. Yes. Um, A game that... A food game uh, or a game that dealt with food was that was kind of the biggest controversy was Fat Princess. Um, because you had to feed the princess cake and you had to make her fat. And a lot of women felt that that, that was degrading. But because you made the princess fat and stuff, your enemies who tried to steal your princess will uh, have to Couldn't carry her. Couldn't carry her? Yeah. <laughs> like if you stole the princess and stuff uh, and she's fat. Um, she was like uh, like too big to carry, so it would slow down your t- slow down the other team. So you—that's my strategy it. for women. 
I mean, that's always been my strategy. For <laughs> you ain't going to leave me. I'm going to fetch you up. Yeah, exactly. You can't leave me if you can't move. <laughs> I should divorce you. But you made some bond cake yesterday. <laughs> I'll forgive you this time. You just better make some gumbo next week. <laughs> hey, can you do breaks on this or no? Um, uh, did you need to? Uh, did you need to go take a break or anything? Yeah, I need to use the restroom. Um, go ahead, go ahead. Right, a... Unless we're gonna be finishing soon, then I can. Yeah, do... we're almost done. Yeah. All right, then I'll stick around. I'll stick okay. around. Okay. Um, so, uh, Cookie Mama Save Majesco, a cool spot. Of uh, you talked about earlier, your Noy was Pizza Hut's uh, mascot. He had his oh, video game for Capcom. Yeah. Um, Rescue Rangers and the ladder. Do you actually use food for attacks or use throwing apples and stuff? And the last game that I want to mention that dealt with food was MC Kids. It, uh, wait, wait. MC Hammer? No, like, MC Kids. MC Kids was McDonald's uh, video game, but it was done by Treasure, who is old employees of Konami. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think I remember that. Was that like in the 90s? It was in the 90s, yeah, because it came out for NES and there was the Sega Genesis game. Mm. So it, instead of it saying McKids, it was MC Kids. So you played two characters. One was white, one was black. <laughs> of course. Because <laughs> so, yeah. the 90s was all about that representation. Yes. So, uh, <laughs> That's kind of, uh, I don't want to say part one uh, a little bit, because uh, if, if we ever decide to come back to to this topic. But, uh, yeah, the food and games kind of started, you know, puzzling me with uh, Final Fight. But you just got to realize that it expanded so much in games. Final Fantasy fifteen, you got re- uh, recipes. Uh, Yakuza and Muramasa, uh, the Demon Blade, um you got all these old Edo Japanese food that, you know, did health and also did special abilities and stuff. Um, that was a big thing. So, um, and you probably, you guys probably own a lot of games that did with food. Like Shantae, the, you know, those games did with food in the wackiest way. Um, but yeah, that's our episode. Uh, John, would you like to plug anything? Yeah, yeah. So, um, First of all, I'd like to say thank you for having me, and uh, thank you to anybody who's watching uh, for listening to me ramble. As I mentioned, I can ramble a lot. Uh, If you want to hear more of me rambling while I'm also making great food, go check us out over at youtube.com forward slash Ariana's house. Ariana is spelled with two N's, uh, and you can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Ariana's house. On Instagram at Instagram.com forward slash Ariana's underscore house. And at Ariana's house on Twitter. I've got it locked down. I've got all those usernames locked down. (laughs) Just search for Ariana's house. You're either going to find us or Ariana Grande's actual house. So make sure you find the one that has food and not actual Ariana Grande's house. That's what you're looking for. Oh, wow. <laughs> yes, that's it, seriously my competition when you search is Ariana Grande. Wow! If you guys can find me on Twitter at that retro code, if you guys have any like food games or memories of having food while playing video games like Doritos or snacks and stuff, um, you can email the show at myop2 
comment at yahoo.com. Um, you can hear more of Optional Opinion at uh, the anonymous radio network.podbean.com, SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, and other podcast apps. And you can check out my writers on IGN.com under anime and skirmish frogs where I do the moment. Um, and also check out my Twitch channel, uh, the lyrical one where I do less learns, um, where I, you know, play a game and teach about that genre. Uh, so I might, I got to find a food game to play on my Xbox One, and I'll probably start teaching about food and stuff. But Final Fantasy 15, I got that for Xbox One, so I can, I can do it right there. Get to it. <laughs> so um, thank you once again, John, uh, for nerding out with me. Uh, everybody have a great week. Have a great weekend whenever you hear this episode. And we are out. Peace. Here we go.